Hi there, you're listening to the Spirit Room Podcast with me, psychic medium and mentor, Melissa White. This show is for developing mediums, budding intuitives, and those who just find themselves curious about spirit and the afterlife. I'll share my experiences with you working with spirit as a professional medium for over a decade. I'll also interview people that I find brilliant and fascinating and provide you with some insight into how you can live this life to the fullest, knowing that there is so much more available to us than what meets the human eye. So I invite you to sit back, relax, enjoy, and let's just see what spirit has in store for us today. Hi there, and welcome back to the Spirit Room Podcast. I'm Melissa White, and it's so lovely to be here with you again. Thank you so much for listening. I wanted to let you know that today's episode is just a Q&A. It's just me. You'll hear my voice only. And really, it's a chance for me to answer some questions that listeners might have. I thank everyone in the Spirit Room Podcast Facebook group for offering their questions. And there's some good ones. So I think this is going to be interesting. And I know that it's helpful for more than just the person who's asking the question. Everyone can benefit. So it's a great, it's a great time. Thank you for tuning in. Before we get started, I wanted to let you know that applications are open for the exceptional medium one year long mentorship program, which last year was the very first year. And we're just ending this month uh, or in August. That's the last month. And I'm opening it up again for a new group of students. And so if you're interested, do reach out. You can send me an email or you can check out the website. Really looking for people who want to strengthen their relationship with spirit. And really what I think is so beautiful about this opportunity is that a year gives me long enough to really get to know you as an individual and to help you with your specific mediumship and also to help you with your needs as a person, as a light worker, uh, as a medium. And so it's pretty phenomenal what can happen with when you give yourself the space and time to have that consistency and to allow yourself to be supported. And I think lots of times students are thinking like, oh, am I good enough? Or they want to come to class and they want to like prove that they're good enough or like prove to themselves that they're good enough. I would encourage you to come and just come as you are and know that I will meet you wherever you are. And certainly spirit meets us exactly where we are and that there's no pressure. It's not about a competition. It's not about who's right the most, who has the most accuracy, who's never wrong. It's about really allowing yourself to relax and to find joy within your connection with spirit. And I'll certainly be giving instruction. I'll be giving lectures. I'll be giving you monthly resources that you can go through at your own pace in your own time and ample opportunities for practice to actually be working with others. And so you'll get the experience there as well. Anyways, it's open and um, I would love, love, love to chat if you have any questions. I'm not wanting to take more than 14 students. That would be the limit because I really want to keep it intimate and 
you know, be able to support each one of you to the best of my ability. So there's a few more spots available for that. The evolving medium is the second mentorship. So it's everyone from the exceptional meeting medium this year. They're moving on to, oh, I think mostly everyone, maybe like 95% um, onto the evolving medium. And that's where we're going to continue to go deeper. So if you are someone who's working professionally already um, as a medium and you're wanting to know like which program would be right for you, feel free to reach out melissawhitemedium at gmail.com and I will definitely, you know, we can chat and we can figure that out. For the most part, the exceptional medium is open to beginners to intermediate level and the evolving medium I'm keeping very much for my advanced students, the ones that have already taken the exceptional medium. But there are always exceptions. (laughs) And so, you know, if you need some help figuring that out, I'm happy to talk to you about it. So those registrations will close at the beginning of September. Classes start September 9th. So you've still got time and I just wanted to put that out there. Now, getting into some questions. Here we go. The first question that has come in. So Safina was asking, I know you have brought through many afterlife animal messages. Does the energy feel different? So this is a good question. And I would say it does in that when animals come through, they seem to have this very, very all-loving high vibrational energy it's it's similar to an angel you know that kind of feeling whereas i think when it's human spirits you know spirits that have been human that come through it's not always that energy it's it's a little bit different sometimes so i think it does in that it's a bit of a higher higher vibration i also think that i'm always amazed by just this all encompassing loving feeling. They tend to feel very excited to be able to come and connect and communicate. It's just that very, very deep emotional bond It's that I think really touches people. And I do find that a lot of the times people will be more, they'll react more emotionally when their dog or their cat or their lizard or their horse or their iguana comes through, then they might when someone, you know, a a loved one, you know, a a different kind of loved one comes through. Because the reason being, I think that with our pets, there's such a strong emotional connection. And they're healers to us, we are healers to them. It's a soul to soul bond, a soul to soul connection. And it does evoke really, really strong emotional responses, oftentimes. And it's quite wonderful and touching, you know, to experience, to witness that love and to be able to feel it. So I love, I love working with animals in life and in spirit. And some of you know, when I come to your house for a group reading, anytime you have like a dog or a cat or some kind of pet, people are always like, oh, are you okay with cats? Are you okay with dogs? And I'm always like, oh, please, like, I love nothing more than when I go to your house and your dog comes to me and sits beside me, like lets me pet them, looks in my eyes. We have so many beautiful, amazing moments with dogs at people's houses. And it's because they know that I can hear them. They know that I can communicate with them. And it's just nothing makes me feel better is when they they come to me and they give me that love. And so, 
yeah, that's a, a special bonus treat for me. And your cats, of course, everyone knows how much I love. I love cats so much. I love all animals, to be honest. So it's never, it's never an issue. You never have to say sorry. I love it. Debbie was asking, what's the most past lives one person has had that you've read for? I don't know because I don't really ask that question. I'm never really asking for a number. But what I would say is that there are certain people that I've read for where I know that they have had so many. Like it's ancient, 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 um, some of the things that come through. So I, I couldn't even tell you what the number would be. But it's not something that I focus on. I think the, the thing that I focus on when I'm looking at past lives with people isn't so much on the things that we might think. Like a lot of people want to know that question or they want to know like what their name was, exactly where they lived and, you know, all this stuff. Were they someone famous? Were they, you know, I don't know, were they involved in this big historical event? You know. And really, when it comes down to past lifetimes, I look at it more from the perspective of what can someone take from that lifetime? What is the what is the the theme or the lesson, perhaps something that they can take with them and, and learn in this life, like apply it to this lifetime that can help them? What can they release from that life? So what can they let go of that's not really serving them and, and they don't need to take it into this life? And then also, what are the benefits? What are the strengths that they bring from that previous lifetime? How does that help them in this life? How does it resonate, make sense for this lifetime? So for me, it's more about the story and kind of like what is the lesson that we can learn from it or that we can take from it. I find too, with past lifetimes, we when we know about them, we can sometimes release some shame or release some... I guess like blame, not to say like we always have to take responsibility for ourselves. But I think sometimes if you know where something comes from, at least it it makes sense to you or you have an ability to say, okay, it's valid that I might feel this way or that I might struggle with this certain thing considering this experience that my soul has experienced before. Now, what am I going to do with it? What, how am I going to go forward in this life? And so I think that can be really empowering for sure. And I think that it's it's fascinating to look at that. So for some people, they wouldn't want to know, they don't want to know. But I think for those of us that are more on the curious side, oh, we want to know all of it. You know, we're so into it. So yeah, that's that's what I would say about the the most past lives. I've never met anyone where I would say it's their first lifetime. People have told me that they've been told that before by other people. I think that's just so, I don't know, I think it's more rare to run into somebody on their first lifetime, not saying it's impossible, but I just think it's more rare. I also think a lot of people will say to me, this is my last incarnation, I'm never coming back. And maybe, maybe that's true. But I have a sneaking suspicion that a lot of us might think that or say that, but we'll end up coming back. And I'm not really of the opinion that it's a forced thing, that you have to keep coming back. I don't think any of us are forced. I think it's a choice. But I think that at the end of the day, we're all really wanting to progress. We're all wanting to learn and, and move forward. And it seems to me that the physical experience of planet Earth is a pretty amazing place to do that. 
Um, it's a bit of a wild experience. I would say it's not necessarily always an easy experience at all. And yet there's opportunities here that I just think we, we would not have elsewhere. So it really depends on what your soul's wanting to do, how you're wanting to grow. So hope that answers your question, Debbie. Uh, Tammy was asking, how do you sit in the power? Oh, it's so interesting because I'm pretty sure you know, I think you, well, I think you know this, Tammy, but um, I will answer from my perspective. Of course, there's probably other opinions out there. My feeling with sitting in the power is that it can be individual. I don't think there's uh, one way that, and that's it. The way that I was taught was to um, get quiet, close your eyes, few deep breaths. And the difference between sitting in the power and a meditation is that the intent is different, the intention. So with a guided meditation experience, the intention might be to relax, might be to get you out of your logical mind. It could be to train you to notice and focus on your different senses and all of that. Raise your vibration, um, maybe for healing, when we're sitting in the power, it's specifically designed for preparing to work mediumistically. And so the intention isn't to get so passive and relaxed. It's actually the intention to get charged up and to get yourself ready, get yourself like in the zone to work with spirit. And lots of people think that mm, to work with your mediumship, you have to be in some kind of like very zen, very slow, very passive energy. That is not the case. You actually have to be. And I mean, I've said this so many times to my students. So for those of you listening that are students, I apologize. But it is a weird thing because you have to be chill. So you have to surrender. You have to, you know, kind of like let go of the logical mind and the analytical mind and your human expectation. But you don't get so relaxed and passive that you're like out of it. You have to be very active and you have to be involved. You have to engage with spirit. So it's a very specific energy of being open and receptive, but also being very kind of like in a grounded and very relaxed slash hyper kind of energy. So I know that makes no sense. But those of you working with spirit, you know that that zone that you get in. It's a fine balance. So to sit in uh, the power, closing your eyes, you're focusing on your breath, you might start by noticing that spark of white light in the middle of your chest with each deep breath, allowing that to grow stronger, brighter, you're envisioning that spark of white light. And it grows with intensity and you're seeing it move out and up into the atmosphere around you until eventually it's meeting the light and the love of the other world of spirit. And then you're allowing those two to blend. So you're allowing your light and your energy to blend with the energy of spirit to become one. You kind of come together. So that's like a communion. And then you just sit in that state. You sit in that energy. In my opinion, you're not trying to get communication. You're not asking questions of spirit. You're not trying to control your experience. You're literally just giving yourself permission to be and to spend time with spirit. It's a beautiful practice. And not only does it charge your battery so that when you go to, you know, like work with spirit, you're in the right zone. 
it's also really helpful for your mental mediumship because it allows you to sort of practice surrendering and then also that focusing. It's a discipline. And so we do that often in class. So that's what it is. Now, like I said, it's always, I'm always aware that like, I'll tell you one thing. I'm sure there's other teachers that would tell you something different or they might disagree. I can only speak from my training, my experience and what I know to be true and what feels right to me. So as always, students, anyone listening, you have to go with what feels good and what feels true for you. But yes, from my perspective, that's what sitting in the power is about. And I honestly don't, like if I was to sit in a guided meditation, I am not trying to use that time to connect with spirit. I'm using that time to, well, I'm using it to connect with spirit, but not in this way that's like a question and answer interview, which I notice lots of students have the impression when they're first starting out that that's what it is. And it's really not. You're building a foundation and you're blending your energy with the energy of spirit in the sitting in the power. In the meditation, yes, it's helpful to to maybe have a an intention that you want to, you know, set for your meditation, but in my opinion, it doesn't have to be communication. It can be like it can be just for you to enjoy and to experience what you experience. And then when you're done, maybe then go into a bit of that communication. Because I think sometimes, too, if you're too focused on communication in the meditative state, then you're not getting the most out of it. You're getting too involved in that situation, I think. So I hope that is helpful. All right. Allison asked, when was the first time you connected with Jesus and what was that like? Well, that's a good question. And I should I should tell you guys that I don't read the questions and prepare scripted responses in advance. I come on and I look at the question and I just give you my initial response. So it's very authentic. It's not curated. It's not um, it's not prepared or practiced. I don't know the first time that I connected with Jesus, to be honest. I mean, some of you know, I used to go to church, the Catholic church with my grandfather when I was young when I was a child. And that was a beautiful experience. I always had a crush on Jesus. Like I literally wanted to marry Jesus, love Jesus. And I felt his presence certainly during church, especially when people, when the choir would sing, when we would sing, presence of angels, all of that presence of God, of course. So I guess it would have to be then, did I necessarily have words with him at that point? Or Like, do I recall what that was like? No. But I mean, I've been praying the Our Father, Hail Mary, every day of my life since I was five, probably. Do I identify as a Catholic person? No. But some of those, some of those things, you know, really have stuck with me. And I get a lot of comfort from those prayers in particular. And I just feel an affinity with Jesus and with Mother Mary. I always have. I've always felt very loved and very protected by both of them. So um, different experiences with Jesus over the years, signs that I've re- received. I think, you know, there's there's just a connection point. And not everybody has that. Some people might feel that with Buddha or they might feel it with Krishna or, you know, like different different people resonate for different people. But 
yeah, my experience with Jesus has been profound. And, but I would say it's very natural, normal. It's not like these big, huge, dramatic things. I think some of the signs and some of the experiences, yes, I could say are. But the day-to-day is very natural, normal, and he's like a good friend. That's what it feels like to me. All right. From Cheryl. When your cat constantly meows while looking at the same spot, how do you figure out whose spirit it is? Well, I would say that, yes, you're on the right track knowing that there's um, someone in spirit there. The way that you can know is to tune in. So when that's occurring or even, even when it's not, you could just be kind of curious. You're going to notice when you ask that question of yourself, like, hmm, just curious. Like, I wonder who's there. I wonder who's around. Now, my guess is that our loved ones in spirit, our angels, our guides, there's usually someone, somebody's around, you know, any point of any day. And so it's not to say that it has to be one spirit every single time your cat does that necessarily, but oftentimes it could be like if you've got another animal, another cat, another dog in spirit, it could be that, or it could be a person, could be a guy, could be an angel. But the way that you want to a- approach it is to be curious. And then as you're asking that question and being curious about it, notice how you feel in your physical body. Notice any images that come to mind because you might just get a flash of the spirit in your mind's eye. You might be reminded of a name. You might be getting a thought, a word. You might hear a song that connects you to somebody in spirit. You might have a scent. So for instance, the common ones that we often hear about are smoke, perfume, flowers, those kinds of things. You might get you might get even a taste in your mouth. But you're going to want to notice all of those sensations, what's what's coming through in that moment. And then once you get that information, just follow it. Just be open and curious and follow what next. So if you get a scent of cigarettes and you're like, hmm, oh, my dad in spirit was a heavy smoker and passed from lung cancer. I wonder if it's him. As you're, as you're speaking that, writing that, or thinking that, you'll get an indication, either a confirmation, uh, body chills, tingles, saying yes or no, or you'll get the next piece of information. So my advice would be to just be curious and then ask the question and be just very noticing of any of the subtle senses that you're, you know, that you're experiencing, sensations that you're being offered. You could write it down and then just kind of go from there. But trust, trust that it's not difficult and it's not complicated. We tend to want to make everything (laughs) very complicated, but it's not. So I hope that helps you, Cheryl. But keep in mind, yeah, it may not always be the same spirit. Okay, Jody asks, how do you know when your messages from someone who's transitioned, oh, when you get messages from someone who's transitioned over or about someone who's still here? And she says she knows the difference for her, but she's curious what they are for me. Okay, well, I mean, it is different. It is different for everybody. It's so individual. So if you know for you, then I think you're golden. Like, I don't know if, you, if it really matters how it is for me, but I'll answer it. Intention is key. Like, obviously, if I'm intending to work mediumistically, then what's coming through, like, 
because I have the discipline, um, what's coming through is going to be a spirit person. Um, and when I'm wanting to work with someone psychically, that's the intention that I'm setting. However, I think what you're asking is like, if you're getting information about someone, how do you know the difference? And with sometimes it can be very subtle. Like it's not always actually that easy, which I think some people say, oh, there's a big difference. Uh, it depends on the situation and it depends on the person. I find because my mediumship and my psychic ability are pretty, I don't know, in tune with each other. Like it's pretty equal at this point where there was a time where I felt, oh, the psychic ability was much stronger. Or there was a time when I thought, oh, the mediumship was like way stronger. Now I kind of just feel like they're about, they're about the same. And I would say I Maybe because I feel comfortable with both at this point, where as different parts of the development journey, maybe I didn't. But what I've noticed with spirit is that it's a pretty full body experience. The clairsentience is very, very strong for me. And so when I'm working with spirit, I can feel their closeness to me, if not within me. And I know that sounds kind of weird. And there is this real sense of, I don't want to say urgency, but it just feels as though they're they're with they're they're with me, like in 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 the room. Whereas, and because they are, but with psychic information or psychic information about someone, it I find it's a little it feels a little bit different. So, it's close to me, but it's not in the same regard. It's maybe a little bit less of an emotional connection, to be honest. I would say that it's also, it tends to be about like the person's life and and things like that. Whereas when it's with spirit and spirit that's communicating and connecting, they might talk about the sitter's life, but a lot of it has to do with the relationship that they have to the sitter it has to do with their their life and it has to do with what they experienced so it's different for everyone like I said but for me this the psychic information tends to be a little bit more on the claircognizance so it does come through thoughts oftentimes it tends to be yeah some clairvoyance too I would say with the mediumship for me, the clairsentience is so much a part of it. Yes, the clairvoyance, but the clairaudience is also really big. And so I'll hear the spirit person's voice and I'll hear it in their, their inflection, the tone of their voice, the quality of their voice, their personality that comes through. It's like so like multifaceted. It's such a like multidimensional kind of experience. Whereas I think with the psychic connection, to me, it just feels a little bit more simple or or a little bit different in that way. So the biggest difference is when it's a spirit person communicating, for me, it's full body and it's, it's involving all of the senses, really. With the psychic communication, yes, you can use all your senses, but you don't have the feeling of the spirit communicator making themselves known to you and you don't feel them beside you or within you in the room. So sometimes with spirit too, it can feel a bit higher. Like I almost feel like energy is a bit supercharged in a different way. And then with the psychic information, a little bit closer to me, but like, mm, I guess like just different. It's a good question though. And I would say, you know, that be, keep in mind that that can change over time. 
So how you distinguish it now might be different than how you might distinguish it in a year from now or two years from now. Um, for those of you listening that don't know, when you're working mediumistically, like in mediumship, connecting with a spirit person, you're going to give evidence of the person. So you're going to give information like, this is a man, he you know, lived on a farm for most of his life, I feel he passed from liver cancer, he's showing me he had bright blue eyes, he's showing me that he loved working in his garden, and I can taste some black licorice. I feel like that was his favorite type of candy. And then the person you're reading for could say, yes, 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 that's that's my grandfather. And you would be sort of giving information about the spirit person just to identify who they are specifically. And then from there, you would then go into, okay, what is their message? What do they want to share? What do they want to express to the person, you know, the sitter, who's the person that's um, coming for the reading? And so that's the experience. With a psychic connection, intuitive connection, you're looking at someone's life that's living. So if you came to me for a psychic reading, we would look at what's going on with your work, perhaps your relationships, your well-being, perhaps health, that kind of thing, your spiritual path. But it's about you living in the physical world. That's the difference. You can feel too, like sometimes people do drop into, they're working mediumistically with a spirit person and then they go into the psychic, which I think is great. It's beautiful to be able to go back and forth. I, I love working with spirit and then, then going psychic and working with spirit again. The only problem is that sometimes people don't know. They don't know that they're doing it. And so they're claiming this information that they're picking up psychically is coming from the spirit person when actually it's not It's so much. It's like you've, you've now started working psychically with them. And in that case, you know, there is a shift. So when you're working with spirit and you're in a flow, you've got, it's kind of like being on a high, like it's like, it's a flow of information. It's all coming through. When it turns a bit more psychic, I can feel a bit of a drop in the energy. It's very subtle. So sometimes it's not even that noticeable, but there's some kind of drop in the energy where I can feel it. Or who knows? Sometimes I might even be directing that. I might even be like, okay, this is what she's showing me that she's seen of your life so far. And here, I'm actually going to, I will tell people, oh, I'm actually going to move a little bit psychically here. This is me tuning in psychically, psychically to you. This is not necessarily your loved one telling you this information. So I think it's either you feel that subtle shift and you name it and tell them that, okay, it's moving psychic, or you are the one taking charge and saying, okay, I'm moving psychic now. So both are fine. The, the trick is to tell someone that you're doing it, right? And I remember being in a workshop with Mavis Patella, who is now in the spirit world, but very, very prolific medium, one of the greats, certainly. And uh, she said something that really struck me as so true. She said, imagine at the end of your life, you're, you know, work as a medium for 50 years, you know, God willing, and then you get to spirit and there's a whole lineup of people who have a bone to pick with you because you've said things that they have not said. And so, you know, I always look back to that and think, she's so right. Like, of course we know, like, obviously we want to do our best and always be true to what spirit's giving us. But you never want to be in a position where you're saying 
things that you're getting psychically that are not actually being said by the spirit person and you're saying that they are being said by the spirit person. So it is something that does take time to develop and certainly something that we will be working on in the exceptional medium. So I hope that satisfies your curiosity. Jody. I hope that helps. Colleen was asking, do you ever receive messages from spirit without doing a meditation first? Yes. So this is a bit of a myth. I think people do think that in order for them to work with spirit, they must meditate first. And although meditation is a really awesome practice and it's helpful, just like sitting in the power is helpful, I wouldn't say that it's required or necessary in order for you to tune in and receive a message from spirit. You can do that anytime, anywhere with your intention to do so. Like there's no, there's no stopping that. You can meditate daily and you can sit in the power daily, but it doesn't have to be right before you work with spirit. And also the purpose I feel with meditation is not to connect with spirit in that way where you're like, What's your name? Who are you? How old are you? Like, it's not a, a question and answer. It's not an interview. It's not even an interview of question and answer when you're connecting with spirit otherwise, but for sure not when you're meditating. So I believe that when you meditate, you're basically, you're raising your own vibration. You're allowing yourself the time and space to step out of the logical analytical mind and you're allowing yourself to go into the more intuitive heart space. But yeah, experiment with it because, you know, there's nothing wrong with doing that. Like if you feel comfortable with that, that's totally fine. But I just never want anyone to feel that it's like um, a pressure or that it has to occur in order for you to be able to do the mediumship. They're not like you don't, it's not a requirement. So, and you can, you can experiment with that, you know, like try it without and then try it with and and just see what works better for you because who knows, maybe that's just the best way for you. It's whatever works for you. I find that I do my sitting in the power or I sit for trance or even do some mantra meditation daily, but it's not necessarily always right before I work. It's, it's when that works for me in that day. And then right before I work, I give myself a few minutes I do take a deep breath and I just chat with spirit. I set my intention. I let them know how I'm feeling. Sometimes I'm speaking this out loud. Other times I'm writing this down. I love writing to spirit. I'll say, dear spirit, and I'll write them a letter. Then I'll stop and I'll write, dear Melissa, and I'll let them write back to me. And I just allow them to inspire my words. And I basically write a letter from them through me. And I find that's a pretty beautiful practice and it's a good way for me to feel connected to them. So I will do my little prayer. I'll do my little chat. take a deep breath. I just ground myself, bring myself, you know, into that place, into the zone where I just feel focused and ready. And then I just go for it. I don't like giving myself a lot of time right before to get into my head. I don't ever recommend pre-tuning in. I don't think that, like, there's a lot of students that want to tune in an hour before they have a reading and write down every single thing that they want to, that they get, and then use that as their, their sort of script for their reading. I don't recommend it. I think it's rarely helpful, and I think, in a way, it's a little bit, 
I don't want to say disrespectful to spirit, but it's like saying, I don't fully trust spirit's going to come in the moment. And I don't really fully trust myself to do this. So then you're like trying to, you know, I understand why, of course. I mean, mediumship, you can't really ever have a script or prepare for. So it's, it's hard for those of us who have perfectionistic kind of tendencies because it's terrifying to think, what if I mess up? What if I don't get it? What if, what if, what if? However, the whole point, I think, is to work through that and to recognize that you can and you will and you always will be knowing what to do or say in the moment when you allow spirit to be present with you. There's nothing you can't um, figure out with, you know, with spirit. And so just trust that in the moment you will, you can, and it's all good. Now, it is interesting sometimes, though, if you wanted to take a few little notes. Like, there's been times where I've jotted down, hmm, like, just for fun. I'd be like, I wonder what names come up. I wonder what information. And I'll write, like, five or six little things. I don't even refer to it during the reading. I don't even look at it. But at the end, I would look back and just see what I've written. And I'm like, oh, isn't that so cool? Like, actually, that name did come up. And that was a, a point that was accurate or things like that. So it's, all, it's almost like for my own learning, for my own validation of, you know, stuff. But curiosity and interest, not like I'm pre-tuning in. So that's just my opinion. Obviously, if you like to do that, you do you. But I would say... At the end of the day, there's no need for it. And the more we can surrender and the more we can just go with the experience and let ourselves be in connection and communion with spirit, we're, we're unstoppable when we do that. But we, you know, as humans, we get in our own way. That's, that's probably the thing that I see the most. So it's about getting out of the way and allowing the connection to occur, allowing this flow of love and healing and inspiration to come through. That's what it's about. Easier said than done. Some days it's easier said than done for sure. So I did see this meme. I posted it in my exceptional medium group, but I'll, I'll just explain what I saw. It says, you're not a machine. And it has this like graph and it's got these points that are like up and down and all over the place. And each point on the graph says your best, your best, your best, your best, highs and lows. And it said your best will look different each day. And that's totally okay. So I just want to remind you, and even if you're not working with spirit, even if you're just listening to this and you don't necessarily work mediumistically, but you know, just know that your best does look different every day because life is not static. And we are not machines. We are not robots. We're not meant to be. We're human people who have highs and lows, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. That is okay. That is part of the experience. So anyone that needs to hear this, your best, any given moment is more than good enough. And there's nothing wrong with a healthy desire for, you know, progress and improvement. I, I certainly think that's why we're here. But I think it can become a little bit toxic when we never are satisfied and when we're beating ourselves up for things that are just human. It's human to make a mistake. It's human to forget. It's human to misinterpret, misunderstand, like misunderstandings are normal. So I just want to put that out there for anyone who needs to hear it. All right, I think I've got all the questions that were in the group. Let me just go back here and make sure. 
Oh, okay. Tammy was asking our assignment here on earth in terms of self-mastery. That could be an episode. That could be like a whole episode, but I'll give you my condensed version. I think that self-mastery is the point. Like I think that it's going to look different for each of us. I think that we all come into this life with some predetermined themes. So some people, their themes are around forgiveness. Some people, the theme is around physical health. Some are around mental health and well-being, addiction, family relationships. Some are around like learning to trust themselves. I think universally, I haven't really met too many people that self-love and acceptance wasn't part of that theme. And to really simplify it, which I know people hate, like I know most people would like me to give different answers than I do, (laughs) just in general. And uh, sometimes, and I just think it's because we want it to be more complicated and difficult than it actually is. To really simplify, we've come from love. We come here on earth to progress and to come closer and closer to feeling that unity and that connection, not only with our own soul, with others, with all beings, with all that is, connection with spirit, connection with the land, connection with everything. And to have so much acceptance of self, acceptance of others, forgiveness of self, forgiveness of others, that's a real hard one. I'm, I'm not going to lie. That's a real tough one. But to learn, I think really earth is such an amazing school for that purpose. It, it offers us opportunities to go through the highs and the lows that I don't think are really available in the spirit world. Like in spirit, we, we shed the ego, we shed, you know, all of the human stuff that holds us back, which is healing and beautiful. But if you're a very curious and a very passionate kind of soul that wants to keep progressing and growing, I think the temptation to come back for an adventure in this in the physical world would be pretty great. So I think we're we're all on a mission, you know, to really come back to love and to truly understand the nature of love, which sounds simple, but actually in reality that's probably the complicated part is the the implementation and the real true understanding of what love is. So I hope that's helpful, Tammy. I hope that gives you a little bit of insight, but I'll, maybe I'll do a whole episode. Maybe we could chat about it together. Maybe you'd like to be a guest and chat about it. I would, I would love that. So I'll leave you with that, everyone. Thank you for spending this time with me. Keep tuning in. I'm, I'm on a good schedule now, Thursday mornings. You can, well, depending where you are, depending where you're listening, but um, 6 a.m. Pacific time on Thursday mornings the podcast is uploaded and you can listen weekly. So I'll have lots more guests and lots more topics. I'm always really interested and intrigued to know what you want to hear about, what you want to know about. So do send me your questions, topic ideas. If you know someone that is really fascinating and and you find interesting, let me know. And I would love to have a, have a, episode with them. I'd love to interview them. So do send those suggestions to me. Otherwise, I am sending you so much love and I hope that you are experiencing 
that growth and that progress that you know we've been talking about this episode and I want to say that it's not always tangible it's not always something that is quantifiable so please know that your intention is huge your intention matters all right so a reminder that spirit always finds a way love you and we will talk again very soon take care thanks for listening if you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the show please share it with others post about it on social media or feel free to leave a rating and a review you can follow me on Instagram at Melissa White Medium or on Facebook, Psychic Medium Melissa White. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.